0: You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today.
1: Let's turn to 1 Samuel, chapter number 18. I want to speak to you this morning on a Very, very important issue. And I believe the Lord has given us clear direction to speak on this today. And that's in the area of friendships. I've entitled the message this morning, friendships. Are they really all that important? Let me say it again. Friendships. Are they really all that important? Well, I guess you could answer that yes, but depending upon your perspective, you could also answer it no. The Bible clearly lays out for us what true friendship is all about. You know, there are 104 verses. We're not talking about passages of Scripture. We're talking about verses alone that deal with the subject of friendship. THE BIBLE GIVES US A GREAT EXAMPLE OF A GOOD AND GODLY FRIENDSHIP IN THE LIFE OF JONATHAN AND DAVID. I THINK MOST OF US ARE VERY FAMILIAR WITH THAT. AND SO HERE IN 1 SAMUEL CHAPTER 18, FOLLOW ALONG AS I READ VERSE 1 AND I'LL JUST READ TO VERSE 4 AND THEN WE'LL JUMP INTO CHAPTER 23. SO CHAPTER 18 TO 23 COVERS THIS uh, FRIENDSHIP THAT JONATHAN HAD WITH DAVID. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit. There was a real oneness of spirit, a knitting together of the hearts of these two young men. That Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David. Notice the word gave. He gave it to David and his garments even to his sword, and to his bow, and to his girdle. Now let's jump over to chapter 23. And I want you to look at verse 16. Chapter 23, verse 16. And Jonathan Saul's son arose, and went to David into the wood, and notice this phrase, and strengthened his hand in God. What a great friendship. Strengthened his hand in God. First of all, we saw that the soul of Jonathan and David were knit together, that Jonathan invested heavily into the life of David. But not only did he invest material goods, he also invested spiritually into the life of his friend. Every good friend will invest into your life spiritually, not just emotionally or physically or materially, but a good friend will always invest spiritually into your life. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the preaching of your word this morning. Please speak deeply into our hearts, especially into the hearts of, Of our young people here and our teenagers. Lord, would you use this message to change us and to give us a good and godly perspective on what true friendship is. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Strengthened his hand in God. One of the basic needs of man, one of the natural longings of our heart, is a desire to have a good friend, to have a friend who is faithful, to have a friend who is loyal, to have a friend who is really what we would consider a true friend. Psychology tells us this, and I'm not a psychology fan, but at least they hit it right here. And I quote, the deepest need of the human heart is for intimacy let stop and think about that for a minute. The deepest need of a human heart is for intimacy. When I read that, I thought, you know, that's just another way of saying friendships, of having a good, loyal, and true friend. Social media, Ben mentioned it this morning in his Sunday school class. Social media has become so popular today, and why is that? BECAUSE ON FACEBOOK YOU CAN HAVE FRIENDS OR YOU CAN DEFRIEND, RIGHT? YOU EVER WONDERED ABOUT PEOPLE? PEOPLE JUST HAVE THE NEED TO KNOW. MOST PEOPLE ARE EXTREMELY NOSY. AND WANT TO KNOW WHAT'S GOING ON IN EVERYBODY ELSE'S BUSINESS. AND SO SOCIAL MEDIA LENDS TO THIS DESIRE TO WANT TO KNOW, TO HAVE FRIENDS AND TO HAVE PEOPLE LIKE YOU AND ACCEPT YOU. BUT I WANT TO TELL YOU SOMETHING, WE'RE NOT BETTER OFF BECAUSE WE HAVE SOCIAL MEDIA. IF YOU WERE ONLY A PASTOR, And you had to personally deal with the damage that I have to deal with because of social media, you'd hate it as much as I do. And I know most of you are on it. I'm going to tell you something, it is a very dangerous platform. But it does meet that human need. People get on this Facebook or other social media websites and they rant and they rave and they spew out things that they don't even know what they're talking about. It's so unhealthy. It's so damaging. I don't have it. I never have had it. I don't want to have it. ONE OF MY CHILDREN TRIED TO, I SAID, I, I WOULD LIKE TO HAVE THAT FACEBOOK MARKETPLACE. THEY SAID, YOU KNOW, uh, CRAIGSLIST IS PRETTY MUCH ALL GONE BY THE WAYSIDE AND NOW EVERYTHING IS THIS FACEBOOK MARKETPLACE. Yes, I, YOU KNOW, I would, I WOULD LIKE TO HAVE THAT ON MY PHONE. Uh, CAN YOU TRY TO DO THAT? AND THEY TRIED TO DO IT AND I COULDN'T GET ON IT ANYWAY. AND ALL OF A SUDDEN, ON MY email, I GET ALL THESE FRIEND REQUESTS. SOME OF YOU HAVE REQUESTED TO ME MY FRIEND AND I'VE NEVER RESPONDED TO YOU. <laughs> THAT WASN'T MY DESIRE, WAS FOR THAT TO HAPPEN. BUT I'LL TELL YOU WHAT, IT BREAKS MY HEART WHEN THAT RANTING AND RAVING GOES ON AND THE DAMAGE THAT IS CAUSED BECAUSE OF IT, AND I'LL BE HONEST, SOME OF YOU I HEAR ABOUT THIS, I DON'T READ IT, BUT I HEAR ABOUT THIS, I WOULD JUST LIKE TO SLAP YOU SILLY. I know that's probably not a good and godly response, but. So I want to preach to you today about friendship and what being a true friend really is. I'm not talking about Facebook friends. I'm talking about true biblical friends. Proverbs 17, 17 says this, a friend loveth at all times and a brother is born of adversity. I never had a brother. I can't speak to that. I just had an older sister. She was much older than I was. So basically I was raised as a single child. I did not have a brother. But how many of you do have brothers? Okay. You could probably speak to this and a brother is born of adversity, but that's not the focus today. My focus is on the first half of the verse "A friend loveth at all times. What is a good friend? What is a real friend? What is a true friend? How can I be a good friend, a real friend, a a true friend? Do I have good friends, real friends, and true friends? And then I want to tell you about someone at the end who is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I want to tell you about Jesus. What a friend. WE HAVE IN JESUS. IF YOU DON'T HAVE THIS FRIEND, I OFFER YOU HIS FRIENDSHIP TODAY. MANY PEOPLE HAVE GIVEN MANY DIFFERENT DEFINITIONS OF FRIENDSHIP AND I'VE READ A FEW OF THOSE. ONE PERSON SAID A TRUE FRIEND IS SOMEONE WHO DOESN'T TELL YOU HOW MUCH WEIGHT THEY HAVE LOST ON THEIR NEW DIET WHEN YOU ARE OVERWEIGHT. Amen. Someone else said, a a true friend is someone who knows everything about you, but loves you anyway. Another one said that a true friend will go on loving you no matter how successful or unsuccessful both of you become. There's so, before we talk about what is a good, godly, true friend, I want to talk a little bit about all the warnings that are given to us in Scripture about wrong friends. As I was looking at these warnings of Scripture, I started thinking back. This is a long ways to think back now. But I started thinking back to my teenage years, and I hope all you teenagers will give your preacher your heart today, because I was a teenager at one time. And I thought back about my teenage years, especially my high school years. And I thought about all the sports that I was involved in and basketball and football and captain of the basketball team and captain of the football team and all state in both of those sports. And I was very popular, believe it or not. <laughs> Once I became a preacher, I lost my popularity. <laughs> but used to be very popular. I had a lot of people wanting to be my friend. A lot of people wanted to hang around me. But as I look back over my teenage years, I only had really one young man that I would consider today to have been my good friend. One who had a real good, healthy, positive influence upon my life. So of all the many so-called friends that I had, I really only had one that would be like a Jonathan and David friendship. Solomon, the book of Proverbs, full of wisdom. We would do well to listen to Solomon. And as you know from my preaching before, the book of Proverbs was written from Solomon to his son, my son, my son, my son, my son. He repeats it over and over again throughout Proverbs. My son, he, he begs his son to listen to him and to give him his heart. So, son, there's some things I want to teach you. There's some important truths that I want to instill in you. And the only son we know that Solomon had was Rehoboam. The Bible doesn't record him having any other son. Now if you had 300 wives and 700 concubines, you probably had more than one son. If not, girls run heavy in their family. (laughs) But the Bible only records one, so maybe he did only have one son. I don't know. But Solomon said this to Rehoboam, and I'll share with you some of the other things he said in just a moment. He said, my son, make sure thy friends. Are you listening to me, young people? You better make sure who your friends really are. Rehoboam! Make sure your friends. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 33, be not deceived. Evil communications, talking about friendships there, evil friendships corrupt good morals. Your friends, if you don't make sure who your friends are, your friends will have a corrupting influence upon your life. Solomon goes on, he said, My son, Rehoboam, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us have one purse. My son, Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil. Their heart deviseth wicked imaginations. Their, f- their feet are swift running to mischief. A companion of fools will be destroyed. The way of the wicked is seductive. Go from the presence of a foolish man, my son. Make no friendships with an angry man. And with a furious man thou shalt not go. Lest thou learn his ways. And it becomes a snare to your soul. Wealth will make many friends. But the poor is separated from his neighbor. How much more do his friends go far from him? Fair-weather friends. Every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. The kisses of an enemy, you think they're your friends, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And so I simply did a study on friendship throughout the book of Proverbs. And to sum it all up, all the counsel that Solomon gave to Rehoboam concerning wrong friends, listen, I kind of broke it down into these categories. He said, Rehoboam, stay away from worldly friends, sensual friends, rebellious friends, friends that have a filthy mouth, friends who are foolish, scornful, who lie, who have corrupt morals, who are indulgent who have little or no self-control, who are focused only on fulfilling the lust of the flesh, for they will lead you in a path of unrighteousness and you will forfeit the blessings of God. The righteous shall receive blessings from the Lord. So unrighteous friends are pulling you literally away from God's fullest blessing upon your life. Someone asked me the other day, we were in a counseling room, and they said, what do you desire the most for your people? I said, that's easy. My greatest desire for you is to be happy and be blessed in your life. That's my greatest desire. And that is the passion behind almost every message that I give. Don't ever forget these words. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Who is a wicked person? Someone who does wickedness. It's not hard to figure out. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Are friends really that important? Yes and no. It all depends on the friend and go not in the way of evil men." Now if any of you know anything about Rehoboam, did he listen to these words of counsel from his father? No. No. After his dad died, he is anointed king. Instead of listening to the older, godly, wiser men, the gray-haired man, see this gray hair? Instead of listening to the gray-haired men, It said, he listened to the counsel of his friends. Young men that had grown up with him and had a friendship with him. He listened to his friends. And because he listened to his friends, he made disastrous decisions. These friends directly influenced his life the kingdom was split into civil war raged for 17 years, and thousands of people lost their lives. Why? Because Rehoboam would not listen to the counsel of his father. What a shame. But how many young people's lives have also been destroyed? and the lives of others have been destroyed simply because of the influence of wrong friends. John writes, little children, let no man deceive you. Young people, don't be deceived that friends are the most important thing. They're not. As I was preparing this message, I actually had to go back and and try to recall the names of those young people in high school that I considered my friends. You know what? I can't even think of half of them. Are you with me? Supposedly so important to me at that time, but I have no idea where they are today or what they're doing. They just fell out of my life. Can't remember their names. Let no man deceive you, he that doth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Some of you have devilish friends. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. James puts it this way, ye adulterers and adulteresses. I'll tell you what, the Bible is never politically correct. You have a friendship, you're lined up with a worldly, wicked, ungodly, unrighteous friend. The Bible says you are an adulterer or an adulteress. Know ye not? Don't you know this, young people? Don't you know that friendship with this world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. If you have worldly friends, listen to me, you have worldly friends, you have set yourself as an enemy of God. That is a serious accusation. Now, I could go on the rest of the message looking at the warnings of Scripture concerning wrong friends. And I'll come back to just a couple more thoughts before we end, but let's move into something more positive. I think all of us desire rich, lifelong, meaningful friendships. To some people, it's more important than it is to others. I was, I was never one where, you know, having a bunch of friends was important to me. Just never was. I thank the Lord for that. You know what was important to me after school? Grabbing my fishing pole and going down to the Falls River and fishing. Or when hunting season came, grabbing my shotgun and head out the woods to hunt woodcock and partridge. Then when deer season rolled around to get my thirty .30-06 and go deer hunting, That was important to me. Having a bunch of friends around my life was never really all that important to me, but that doesn't mean that I don't desire and long for true friends. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 28, a froward man, froward, offensive, man soweth strife. And a whisper separateth even chief of friends. So if you don't guard your friendships, even good friendships can be separated. So although most of us desire good, true, lifelong friendships, really, most friendships don't last. They don't. People move away. Look at all the people of Fellowship Baptist Church who have moved away over all these years. People move away. Sometimes your friends backslide. They just do, and so you don't have anything in common like you once had. Sometimes there's misunderstandings that happen between friends, and bitterness sense sits in, and that divides you. Sometimes your interests change. Things that you once used to be interested in, you had friends based around that, your interests have changed. Sometimes your friends die. Friendships don't always last forever. I want to share with you what I think are three marks of a good, loyal, and godly friend. You want to write these down. Number one, someone who is really a true friend will be someone who shares, someone who shares, someone who is open and honest with you. Proverbs 27 and verse 6, are you all still with me? Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Proverbs 27, 9, ointment and perfume, rejoice the heart. Oh, it smells so good. So doth the sweetness of a man's friends by hearty counsel, by good, godly counsel. Listen to me here today. A friend is someone who will be honest with you and will speak the truth into your life. A friend who really loves you Will wound you when you need to be wounded. Are you listening to preacher? Will not always say to you the things that you want to hear or the things that may make you feel good about yourself, but if you need to be corrected, they will bring that correction into your life. They will speak the truth, they will not be hypocritical in their kisses. Flattery is not friendship. So someone who always wants to flatter you is not a good friend. True friends care, thus they will confront you if you need to be confronted about something. So, a friendship that is really a good friendship is someone who will share with you. A good friend is also someone who will sharpen you. Not only will they share with you and be open and honest with you, but they will sharpen you. They will encourage you and motivate you toward godliness. Proverbs 27:17 Iron sharpens what? I can't hear you. Iron sharpens. Iron. Got a couple deer this, this past week. Good week hunting. Went out two times, got two deer. That's pretty good, isn't it? But then the work starts. Right, guys? I'm so glad I had Aaron with me to drag that deer out of the woods. Hallelujah. I started to love my son-in-law. But I process all of my deer. One thing you need if you're going to process a deer is a sharp knife. And I've learned over the years to take my steel and use that knife and sharpen my knife. And so I'll start to skin the deer and cut up the deer, I'll grab my steel and sharpen my knife. A good friend will sharpen you. Iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpeneth, David and Jonathan, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. A good friend is someone who will sharpen you spiritually, someone who will encourage you, not only admonish you, but edify you and build you up in the Lord. Listen, a true friend will put an edge on you. A false friend will dull you. A false friend will make you blunt. A false friend will drag you down. Anybody who makes it easy for you to do wrong is not a true friend. Do young people just hear me? Any friend who makes it easy for you and encourages you or influences you to do wrong is not a good friend. Now here's a test I want you to apply to friendship. I asked a young lady here just about a week ago, I said, "Did did such and such a person have a good positive influence upon your life? Well, let me give you a true test of friendship. Am I a better person having known this person as a friend. Am I a better person, having known this person, be honest, as a friend? Jonathan strengthened David's hand in the Lord. So a good friend will share with you. A good friend will sharpen you. A good friend will also stick with you. They'll be faithful. They'll be loyal to you. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, a friend loveth at all times. Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Someone who is a good friend will stick with you. I think that one verse there, Proverbs twenty-seven ten, is a good one, it says, thine own friend and thy father's friend. If they're not a friend of your father, they ought not to be your friend. If your dad doesn't put his approval on that person, they ought not to be your friend. Listen to your dad. Remember, Rehoboam didn't. But one person, and I quote, says, A friend is someone who will come in when the whole world goes out and will stick with you through thick and thin. There's someone who will stay when times get rough. You know, when I think of someone who had a lot of friends that were a very bad influence on their life, I think of the prodigal son. He had a lot of friends who had influenced him. How did they influence him? To drink? To become immoral? To spend his wealth on riotous living? But what happened to those so-called friends? Did they stick? What happened? When his money ran out, so did his friends. They didn't stick. They didn't share. They weren't open and honest. They didn't sharpen him and encourage and motivate him. And they didn't stick. They weren't faithful and they weren't loyal. Another person said this, Friendships are like a ship. Some people get on and off board very easily. Some will stay on board as long as everything is sailing smoothly. But let the rough weather come and they will jump ship quick. Isn't that good? So the marks of a good, true and real friend, is that they will share. They're going to be honest with you. They're going to wound you if you need to be wounded. They're going to sharpen you. They're going to encourage you and motivate you and strengthen your hand in the Lord. They're going to stick with you. They're going to be faithful, and they're going to be loyal to you. Now, I want to preface what I'm going to say right now with these words. Please do not get angry at me. I'm going to wound some of you right now. But that's what good friends do if it needs to be done. The Bible says a man that hath friends must show himself what? Obviously, Solomon said that. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. You know how many times over the years, and Ben actually shared this with me on the way, taking him to the airport. By the way, he's, I think he's on a flight right now, headed back from Nepal. We'll pick him up tomorrow from the airport. But we were talking about this, how many people will complain about not having friends. I don't have any friends. No one loves me go go eat worms <laughs> I don't have any friends or your church isn't friendly or my teenagers just don't have any good friends <clears throat> Perhaps the problem is not with other people or with the church Maybe you're the problem you ever stop and think about that? You ever wondered why I don't have any good friends? It very well could be that you're not a good friend. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Could it be that you have an inability to understand people and to reach out to people and you're always wanting people to reach out to you? It just never seems to happen? Are you so self-focused that you cannot see the needs of others? Because if you are, it's going to be very hard for you to develop friendships. We have people who have come to our church and they're like, your church is like the most friendliest church in the whole wide world. You know why they say that? Because they're friendly people. And there's people and I'll go visit them and I'll say, you "No, know, we've missed you in church. Well, you know what? We just didn't feel welcome. We just didn't, it just, it just wasn't friendly there at Fellowship Baptist. Which I'm like, get a life. I'm sorry, I'm telling you, the older I get, the more impatient I get with this kind of garbage. If you want friends, be friendly. Don't wait for other people to reach out and embrace you. You reach out and embrace them. Again, I'm not a psychologist and I don't want to be. But psychology is suke. it means the study of the soul. Don't you think the best person to study the soul is the one who designed it? You want a good psychology book? There's some things that the Bible tells us about people. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Do you want friends? Oh, what? There's five things I want to share with you about human nature. How many of you are human? Can I see your hand? Some of you, I'm not too sure. But first of all, people want to be accepted right? People want to be accepted. I shared this Wednesday night. I was listening to, I was preparing a Wednesday night message. I was listening to Rejoice Radio and there was a program that was on there. And the man said this, he said, according to Barna research, they were talking about teenagers. If you were here for Sunday school, it wonderful to see all those young men up here singing. All those preteen kids up here singing, all those young, handsome, wonderful young men up here singing. I thought when they get to be teenagers, we need to put them in a box, lock it, and let them out when they turn 20. (laughs) But they were talking about teenagers. They were talking about Christian teenagers. Barna is a Christian research center. And this is what it said. This shock, I actually, I just kind of froze when I heard this. Barnes says 84% of our Christian teens would rather be accepted by their peers than to do what is morally right. That was shocking to me. If that's true, that tells you our friends or our teenagers would rather be accepted by their friends. Because the need of the human heart is to be accepted. I'd rather be accepted by my friends than to be accepted by God. Paul said, if I seek to please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But people basically want to be accepted. Rejection's hard. How many have ever been rejected? Well, that tells you how much you want to be accepted. You feel the pain of that. Then people also want acknowledgement. They want acknowledgement. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear is due, honor to whom honor is due. Everybody wants to be acknowledged. If you do something good, you want to be acknowledged for it. You like to get a trophy. You like someone to acknowledge your accomplishments. Yes or no? People want to be acknowledged. People want to be. Are you writing these down? appreciated. They want to be accepted. They want to be acknowledged. People want to be appreciated. Even the Lord in the day of judgment will say to us, to some of us, well done, my good and faithful servant. People want to be appreciated. People want to be affirmed. We talk about the five love languages. One of them are words of affirmation, Words of encouragement, words of praise. People people want to be affirmed. They want people to praise them. Just look at kids when you praise them. They get a big smile on their face. Last night it was, it was a quarter to 12. 11.30, quarter to 12. I was up going over my message and I heard some noise. We have Aaron and Beth and the girls staying with us right now. Tomorrow they'll all head back home. I'm going to miss those girls. They bring a lot of joy into my life. But I heard a noise. I said, who's, who's back there? Not a sound. I said, I heard you girls. Who is it? Emma, is it you? Not a word. Nora, is that you? Not a word. So I go over to the stairway that leads down into our basement. There's no one there. So they ran back to bed. So I go back. I sit on the couch and pray, certain I heard a little noise. I said, girls, are you back upstairs again? Who is it? Not a word. So I go over there. I look at the stairway. No one there. And I heard a little squeak coming out of the dining room. If you know anything about our dining room, it's, we've got this humongous table. Made by an ex-Amish guy. It's got to be humongous for my family. And uh, I could see someone under the table. So I'm walking by the table, and uh, I slide a chair out, and it was Nora. She had made her a bed under the table. And I slid the chair out, and she slid down a little ways, so I wouldn't see her. I slid the next chair out and she slides down a little bit further. But guess what? You're going to run into the leg where you can't slide anymore. And I pulled out the next chair and there she is looking at me with this biggest smile on her face. You say, What did you do? Did you make her go to bed? Absolutely not. You know there's just something about kids, they want praise. But you know what, us big kids do too. We want acceptance, we want acknowledgement, we want to be appreciated, we want to be affirmed. We also want to be assured. People need assurance. Rejoice with them that rejoice, but weep with those that weep. We want someone to come and assure us it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. God is good through every trial and test. God is good, but we know His way is best. This is human nature. I'm not saying that it's always good to desire acceptance and acknowledgement and appreciation. I don't, I don't believe that it's always good to always want to be affirmed or have someone give you assurance. But what I am saying is that is human nature. And if you don't reach out and be a good friend, you're not going to have friends. You want to be a friend? Show yourself friendly. Well, believe it or not, I am halfway through my message. But I want to end with this. Maybe tonight I'll come and pick up a few final thoughts. There are some friendships that should not be maintained. I want to tell you this. My my daddy always told me this. He said, Dan, you start living for the Lord and all those so-called friends will leave you. You won't have to leave them. They will leave you. And you know what? I found that to be true in my life. I'm not saying that that's always true, but for me it was. But some friendships should not be maintained. Paul says, I have written unto you not to keep company. Don't keep this friendship going with any brother that is a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner. With such a one, don't even eat. There's some of you, listen to me, look up at me right now. There's some of you who you have not been good friends. You do not have good friends. It's time for you to decide today, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to embrace that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And if I have to, I'm going to put away from myself these friends who have such a negative influence on my life. I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. There's some friends you need to put away. There's some friends you need to avoid. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly. Put them away. Avoid them. Withdraw yourself. If any man teach otherwise and consent not unto wholesome words, even the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, it says, From such withdraw thyself. Why does the Bible give us warning after warning after warning? Because God knows the damage that wrong friends can cause in your life. It's time for some of you today to say, you know what? I am going to repent of being a friend that has torn other people down spiritually. Maybe you need to make a public apology. Maybe you need to go back to some of those friends that you have influenced negatively, and you need to apologize to them. And I'm not just talking about our young people. I'm talking about all of us. Make sure your friends, and make sure you are a good friend. Amen, church?